What's up? And welcome to Mostly Film, your one-stop chaotic shop for all things in the world of cinema. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Cordial, my beautiful co-host, J.P. Payton, who has something to say. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. It is that's Halloween. Not, that's not what I was supposed to say. Was no, I'm what? glad, because I was going to oh, say, yeah. this is this is one of the last two spookies. I was yeah. going to do a full-on, like... But th- you're hearing this on Halloween. Yes, this is a Halloween release. Yeah. Um, I honestly thought about floating to you. Let's just do one mega long episode like we used to to get all the Halloween stuff done but like because <laughs> yeah. we're, we're here recording the same yeah. amount of time anyway but like nah yeah, yeah we'll just still break it up in two because you know what we're taking a break next week yeah you know what I got about 45 video games on the back burner I got to play uh, new Fortnite map comes out actually it goes back to the original it's the very first Fortnite map I care so I could care, I could not care less I get really into it for a little bit then I don't play it for years yeah well, I'm back into it and um me and Kyle and Matt Dowdy, Matt Church, yeah. he were going to start Zach playing. will play with you. I'm down. I want all of this. <laughs> I reinstalled Apex, I updated Halo, I updated Modern Warfare, I up, and the new one comes out in a couple weeks. Uh, Alan Wake 2 is out. I still haven't played Gotham Knights, and it's back on Game Pass. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Party Animals is out now. The new Super Mario Brothers one, Game Wonder is out. There's so much to, to do. I got some gaming marathoning to do over the next couple of weeks. On top of that, there's some other movies I need to watch, and I'm glad to be rid of the spooky season. I have watched 55 horror films. Wow. Well, that includes like psychological thrillers yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I know technically, I guess not all of them would be considered horror, but to me, they're spooky. I watched 55 spooky sure. films. Yeah. That's more than I watch sometimes in like multi-year span. I've and watched way more I'm over than it. I ever have. I'm so. over being handicapped to this specific genre. Genre. Yeah. yeah. I, I could watch a thousand Departeds. Absolutely. There's something about watching, and it's not like they're bad. Like we'll talk about them on Thursday, but like watching Hereditary, that's arguably a flaw, near flawless film. But it's so draining. It is. It's so draining, and you know, I. It, it's funny to say that I had to do a palate cleanser because I'll talk about Friday Night Five yeah. Nights at Freddy's tonight. My palate cleanser from Hereditary was Five Nights at Freddy's <laughs> to get Hereditary out of my system. Yeah. I watched Five Nights at Freddy, Freddy's. Um, anyway, no, I, I mean, I've been freaking watching spooky movies. I've been getting ready for Halloween. You saw my Buddy the Elf costume. I'm Buddy the Dude. Elf tomorrow. I'm wearing it to work. Um, got, I'm wearing tights. I don't know what to do with my bulge. It's not like <laughs> I got a massive cock or anything. I just don't know what to do like with what you do. It's see. just there. It's just there. It's just there. And it's like if you put too many clothes on and you still have the tights on the top, it's it makes you look like, like a tiny wiener. If you no. don't put enough on, it's like, wow, you see his whole cock and you don't want that. And I don't I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And I'm I'm a little I'm a little torn on what to do with it. because uh, I gotta go sell cars yep. with it. So I don't know I don't know where I don't know which direction to go. Like do I put shorts over it? Do I put shorts underneath it? Do I wear like super tight briefs to conceal it and then put shorts over it? Like tuck it and run. Tuck and run? Tuck and run. You think I make a mangina? And yeah. move on with life. Yeah. Anyway, that's, I mean, it's gonna be freezing outside anyways. You can just stand outside. I know. Good. I, I, I could, yeah, I could do that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. So um anyway, that's that's what I've been up to. So um that's it. Nice. Are we already calling somebody? Like Yo, five, ten minutes. I was asking for bulge advice. Oh no, we don't need it. I, was, I, was gonna, need I just, it. just need to Garrett's no. advice there. Anyway, so that's what I've been up to. Uh Violet is dressing up as Princess Anna for Halloween. Uh-huh. I, She's freaking adorable. Have you seen yeah. a picture? No, I haven't seen. I'll picture. show you a picture. And then, um, yeah, other than that, man, that's uh, that's it. I've been working and slanging and dailing cars. You know, nice, look nice. At, look at this, Princess Anna. That's that's sweet. I know. Oh, I can't. I know. I know, man. It's uh, 
She's perfect. Anyway, uh, what have you been doing? Well, I've been... And I've been sick. Yeah, you have been. All right, we, we, yeah, we recorded, and <laughs> I was like, man, you sound rough. And like, yeah, it's fine. I'll be I'll be fine. And then, yeah, Literally Abby got real day. sick. And then yeah. I got, not sick as she did. She got like flu sick, like high yeah. fever and like bedridden. I didn't get that bad, but I got bad gnarly sinus Just, infection. Yeah. Cold, man. So I'm off. I'm coming down today. If this was yesterday, I was feeling rough yesterday. I had to take a nap. I never take a nap. Yeah. I took a nap yesterday after church. Well, I've been been good. Um, I had a busy weekend. Had to work a wedding, and uh, that's always fun. And then, um, just had uh, you know, some time to relax with uh, the wife, and been got to watch the movies with her. Watched Hereditary. Can't wait to talk about that on Thursday. What else did you watch, um, Caitlin? What else did we watch? We watched Survivor. I didn't watch this last week's episode. Um, oh. Abby wasn't feeling great. I was in a bad mood that day. Yeah, I don't come in. I don't get in like gotta, in bad moods very often. But I was in a bad mood yeah. Wednesday, and to let out on some video I games just, or something. No, I'm pretty sure I came up here and watched something, some spooky movie. Probably didn't help me didn't any. Help. No, <laughs> so, love those evil spirits. Uh, yeah, in into my, you know, Hereditary is one of the. Well, whatever. We'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was a pretty, honestly, a pretty chill weekend. Um, I will be looking forward to a week off though, because honestly. I just want to watch. I'm, I'm ready. Like you said, I'm ready to get into some movies that I want to watch. Same. I actually did that this week. Watched a couple movies. Can't so wait you to watched talk about Reptile. Them. Yes. You didn't log. You know, it's always a mystery. Sometimes you just don't log your stuff. No. Yeah. It's stressful. The, I, the movies I logged are what I watched. And oh, uh, so you watched The Firm and Reptile. Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah. Okay. There was. Yeah. And I know I added. I did, did I notice? Not? Did you notice I did all the notes pre prior? Yes, I did. No? I appreciate that. Did I not? Did I watch? Didn't I watch the firm last week? No, that was this week. Why is it not on here? I forgot to add it till just this moment. I remember you watched it, but I didn't remember. Earlier. Yeah. But um, yeah. So yeah, so we'll take a week off after this, and then we'll figure out. Um, on Thursday we'll announce what we'll do. Coming back to it for the few weeks before we go sure. into uh, you know, hey, hello. What's up? Oh, good. Hey, I got a good one for you, Kyle. You're live All on right. the podcast, of course. Hey, listen. So tomorrow. I am um, dressing up. It's Halloween, right? And okay. I'm dressing up as Buddy the Elf. Full replica costume, everything, right? Um, okay. Problem is, <clears throat> I got yellow tights. Okay? Um, and I, I need some advice. Okay. How do you conceal a bulge? How <laughs> The silence. <laughs> it's like... It's not like I have a, you know, King Kong cock. Yeah. Yeah. A cup. That's like that make it worse. Like, it's not that I have like too big of a wiener. That's why. why, But if I put conceal it too much, it's like I have like a tiny little like, you know, micro wiener. And I don't want that either. No one's going to be curious if you have a wiener because it's there. Well, exactly. You don't want to show too much or too little. So I was calling to see if you had any advice for me tomorrow because I've got to sell cars, you know, um, and you know, I don't want to. I don't want to do too much of it. Also, don't want to do too little. I don't want people to think like, "Oh my gosh, I'm intimidated by this monster dong." But I also, don't want them to see it and be like, "Oh my gosh, this dude's got you know, he's like a magician with the magic show over here." You know, is it there? Is it not there? We don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm a guess would be like you know, whitey tidies. Whitey tidies. You got you got well, you, know, you know something you know to come. Kind of, you know, keep them all together. Compress, all, to compress it. You know, because I got some Iron Man <laughs> briefs. Maybe you know. Do huh. the trick. Yeah. 
So, so what would you do? WWKD. Uh, for me, I would probably put like, I don't know, some compression, compression shorts or something. on. Just poke it back in. Oh. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for the advice, Kyle. Yeah, it wasn't. I know it wasn't helpful. So no, it's okay. Hey, have you had any cream dreams lately? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bummer. All right, man. I'll see you. All right. See you. Bye. Oh, Kyle. No matter what, Kyle always answers. Life, death, and Kyle answering the phone. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a God given. Um, so yeah, um, let's jump into some trailers. You know, we we put a bunch on here. We only cut two because the trailers were good this week. Yeah. There were like 37 something trailers that released since we recorded last. And um we thought that I was gonna narrow them down, which I can take off one of these now. Um We'll just talk about it. So let's just go ahead and open with the one we're not really, you didn't get to watch. There's a new Blumhouse movie coming out called Imaginary. Um, and it's supposed to be like this sensory thing where you watch the trailer and you watch it with your eyes closed. So you can, I'm trying to pull up what they so say. So a movie that you don't watch. It's very strange, right? Um, Blue Beetle, The Marvels, It Follows 2. Sounds like an audiobook. The first trailer for Blumhouse Imaginary has been released where viewers have to close their eyes and use their imagination to figure out the plot. Oh, in no. In theaters March 8th. Sounds like a big budget skinnamarink. Yeah. And uh, I'm very excited about it. So, But there's not really, it's really just a 14 second teaser. So... Um, when they release a proper trailer, we'll go. We'll go from there. But does that intrigue you, or is that going to be too much for you? It's going to be too much for me. Even if it's just an auditory experience, swearing off uh, scary movies after this week, even like in March. Yeah. Forever or till next spooky season. Forever. <laughs> well, let's jump into finest kind. Yeah, it's in a Paramount Plus original movie starring Tommy Lee Jones, Ben Foster, Jenna Ortega. Um, Jenna Ortega is surprising for a Paramount Plus original movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And um, this doesn't really fit the tone she's been going for. In a this lot must of her have stuff. been like right on the right on the same time as whenever she was making a big deal about doing TV shows. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, she wants to be a movie actress. Yeah. So. Um, so this is a film about Tommy Lee Jones, who is ill. And mm-hmm. he has entrusted his like fishing company or clam, yeah, the, whatever is like a you know deadliest catch kind of operation yes. uh, to his son Ben Foster. Um, and he takes this new crew over into Canadian waters where they're not supposed to be because they don't have a permit and they get busted, big fine. And he's going to lose the family business. Tommy Lee Jones is disappointed in him. Obviously, he's like, you know, you're basically why are you such a f up? And he's like, so it's on his deathbed or something. Yeah, and so. he's like, you know, you raised this f up. He's like, we well, better uneff it. I uh, will enter Jenna Ortega, who has this crush on this dude who um, works with Ben Foster on his, you know, on this boat boat line, whatever. Um, and they do this deal and it turns out it's a big dr- uh, drug drop of cocaine. Um, and, you know, it goes sideways, of course. And now they got to try to figure out how to save the company, dodge the feds and not let Tommy Lee Jones die. Disappointed in us. So. Um, that's a it, that's my synopsis. Are you are you pulling? I never are you pulling up the synopsis or are you just leaving? It? No, okay. that was I was checking some scores. Yeah, um, I won this week somehow. I quit watching because I was down like sixteen. Yeah. to Sarah and I was like, I texted her. I was like, bummer. And yeah. she goes, then she texted me like, I hate you later. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh, I won because Joe Mixon in like the fourth quarter got like a touchdown and an eighty-five run. Yeah. run. It was great. Anyway, beyond the point. Uh, Finest kind shockingly looks pretty good to me. I snuck up and um, this is a solid like three and a half star film. I think for me. Uh, but I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, it it kind of has 
some mellow family melodrama to it, but honestly, the action to this movie feels a little bit more enticing than I would have imagined. Yeah, agreed. So looking forward anything to it. with Ben Foster in. Sure. I'm yeah. in it. Um the most intriguing out of all of these trailers. Not the best, not the best film, but the most intriguing is Manodrome, uh, starring Adrian Brody and Jesse Eisenberg. Um, and I think Ethan Huntley is the other guy's name. He's any movie he's in is weird, and I'm all in on it. Uh, this looks like a mixture of Fight Club meets like I don't know Green Street Hooligans. It's weird. As some garbage lad vibes for sure. <laughs> yeah, explain that to me. I know you've told me before. Uh, I mean, it's just like a rowdy group of guys that are up to no good, but they're like, there's something that like, like you, you are interested in their story. It's not like you look at them like, Oh, those are bad guys. Yeah. Like there's, there's something that draws you to them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So this film is stars Jesse Eisenberg, which is a shockingly buff bodybuilder, Jesse Eisenberg, um, who has diamond stud piercings in his ear and like red hair, like kind of like his, kind of <gasps> It's funny because social network, like it's kind of like Zuckerberg, like it's like the social <laughs> network too, which is being floated around. This is like the like cocaine yeah. version of social network too. I'll, let, let me just stop right there yeah. because I was almost immediately out on this trailer because of the, Jesse Eisenberg. Because of this cast, the weirdest casting I've ever seen for Jesse Eisenberg. This <laughs> yeah. feels like this feels like a a a rebellion to every stereotype that Jesse Eisenberg has been like typecast. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels like a Barry Keoghan like type oh, of definitely. casting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like imagine that type of person in this role. But instead, they gave it to Jesse Eisenberg. It, yeah, but it worked. The more the trailer went on. Yeah. So more... what else is happening in the trailer? So well, it's it's kind of weird. So he gets he's like this bodybuilder kind of guy. I don't I don't think he's a bodybuilder. He's just I think a he, gym junkie. I, I think he's yeah because from what I from what I gathered, he has uh, a baby mama. Who has a kid on the way? They're down mm. on their luck, need some yep. cash. He meets Adrian Brody and is like, "Look, come be a part of our quote unquote family." family like Vin Diesel over here. Like, like our so they're basically some kind of. You think they're some kind of like crime family, but it gets weirder Cultish. and weirder and weirder. And they get like branded, yes, and all sorts of stuff like that. And I don't really know what's going on. Um, not a lot, not a lot to to sparse. But there, there. but it is very. Like I said, it feels very Fight Club, underground, dirty, grimy. Yeah, very violent kind of film. Um, I'm not really drug. I'm assuming drug running, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of the plot because I don't. It does. I mean, it's a trailer. I'm not supposed to know it all. But with Adrian Brody and Jesse Eisenberg, uh, from what I've seen, I think this is going to be a very much of a me movie. Uh, obviously, I don't see it being like an award winner or anything like that. But I. I'm, I'm in on I'm in on uh, Manodrome. You yeah. no? Yes, no, maybe. Yeah, I'll definitely watch it. Um, it's got some very interesting casting, like you said. Um, I am just very curious to know why Jesse Eisenberg would get a. Are you Are you on Letterboxd? I'm on IMDb. Oh, I was say, does it have the plot synopsis on there? Uh, yes. Conflicted about his girlfriend's pregnancy, Ralphie's life spirals out of control when he meets a mysterious family of men. That's it. <laughs> that uh, that okay. is it. Yeah, that's even worse than how we described it, I think. Yeah, so the director... Is that a claim director? Yeah. Um, oh, they'd be throwing that title around. He's directed... He's known for The Wound. Don't know it. Disco. Don't know it. 
Yeah, it's really all I know. How's he acclaimed him? He's in the wound and disco. <sighs> Bro, I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I can't keep track of this stuff. You know what you can keep track of? Give it to me. Uh, Cole Sprouse's starring oh, movies because there's only been a couple of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, including this new one, Lisa Frankenstein. Um, the, I'm kind of shocked that this is a Comcast feature um, because Com- uh, or yeah. whatever that it's a Comcast production, whatever, but there's a big studio focus used to be focus or whatever. Yes. Um, this is coming out Valentine's day. It's about this girl who resurrects this like dude. She's idolized forever. Cause he's like perfectly beautiful and always like worships a statue at a great, you got the synopsis. Yeah, in 1989, yeah. an unpopular high school girl named Lisa accidentally reanimates a handsome Victorian corpse during a lightning storm and starts to rebuild him into a man of her dreams by using the broken tanning bed in her garage. Yeah, so basically, if um, you know Frankenstein, uh, two point uh, horror, yeah. it's kind of like, kind of reminds me of Warm Bodies, but Frankenstein, um, mm-hmm. with Nicholas Hout, Warm Bodies, um, yeah, very actually. The more I think about it, it's like almost like a rip off, just with Frankenstein lead. Um, I I told you when we watched this trailer, this is either gonna be surprising, like sneaky good. Like, hey, this is actually a good movie, or it's gonna be like really bad. Yeah. And watching the trailer, I'm not sure. Uh, my gut says I'm going to hate it, but I could see this being like a modern day cult classic. That's not trying to be, be one. Um, and those that's that's the way to succeed if you're gonna have one. Yeah. Um, however, I won't watch this probably. Um, but I think it's worth mentioning because we are mentioning it because I do think it's got the, I do think it has the makings of being a successful film for. Uh, not me target audience <coughs> yeah i mean it's i think it's telling the fact that they're releasing this in on valentine's day mm-hmm. as compared to you know like mm-hmm. halloween halloween yeah um because i think it definitely could go one or two ways mm-hmm. of uh i mean this is obviously going to be a rom-com yeah so it definitely gives you your spooky vibes it, I mean, it makes yes. sense to release the trailer around halloween but then you're like, wait, this isn't a Halloween movie? Exactly. Yeah, but I get it. I get the marketing, um, I guess. But Cole Sprouse, the... I don't know. I'm just... I'm not... Yeah, I'm not sold on it. But I, I, think, I think it could be good, just probably not for me. And uh, Catherine Newton. Supernatural, baby. That's where she got... Fan, that's where she goes. Like, made she, her debut she at. Was, she was... Uh, Freaky. The, that, and she was also um ant-man she plays oh, yeah. the cassie. daughter now yeah, yeah. cassie mm-hmm. i'm just i'm indifferent yeah it's fine same i think it could be a big one but not for me uh what is definitely for me is david fincher's new movie the killer starring starring michael fassbender we got the first full full release trailer of it's it. next week i know um and people are already ripping people like you and me who aren't going to get to see it in theaters and it's going to have to come to netflix um yeah. sorry i'm going to have to watch it here because it's not playing in a theater near me yep um Maybe Maiden Alley will show it. I don't know. But um, the guilt people are... I meant to add this to the news. The guilt that... The shaming for not being able to see it in theaters is very annoying. There's a lot of that going on in circles. That's surprising. Uh, but I'm It's later. less about the audience and more about like... It's a shame that the studio... Like, oh, yeah. So they're studios, not shaming so, us. They're yeah. shaming studios. Well, a little bit. That we should be seeking out and demanding more. But like, I don't know. I mean, we can't control what our... Multi-billion dollar... <laughs> yeah. I know. I agree. But anyway... Uh, the killer looks amazing. The only bad thing is now John Wick has kind of no. I I was just I had that thought mm-hmm. during um, watching the trailer, and yeah. this this feels like 
John Wick, yes, yeah. in the action sequences. They're super fast, super, you know, meticulous fight scenes. Mm-hmm. But there's an obvious storyline to this, mm. which they're... No, I agree with that. I love John Wick, but storyline is very cut dry, like three-pointed, like oh, yeah. that's it. You don't go into it for the plot. I was saying, every time I watch a trailer like this, yeah. I was like, I wonder if they could beat John Wick. Like, I just now associate uh, everything as John yeah. Wick as the standard of action. He's now Bruce, the... the uh, like Die Hard? He's no, now- no. Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah. Keanu Reeves is? Yeah. Wow, I bet he went, never thought he'd be that from Bill and Ted. Yeah. Uh, but my gosh, what a beautiful trailer. Yeah, and it's great. You know what's funny for David Fincher films? This one feels like it's way more action heavy than like Fight Club mm-hmm. or Seven or anything like that. This one, yeah. I mean, because that's all the trailer is. So unless we're just getting all the action in the trailer, which is doubtful. Um, this seems like a little bit of a departure from what he's known for i i think there will be a lot more tender moments and uh, that's a weird way of putting it but i think it's from what i understand this is like a hitman like like a, a hit gone wrong type of thing and yeah. like he's he's dealing with the consequences of it all um and so yeah uh was it on here we talked about the fact that apparently in this movie uh, Michael, they don't show Michael Fassbender blinking once. I don't know. I've never I, seen I think that's true. Like whenever you see him, because he's wearing glasses a lot in the movie, but um, whenever he, you see his face on screen, he does not blink. Really, it's one of those. The, yeah, in this it's, milk? it's in... one of those Fincher like, oh. um, you know, nuggets. Huh. So just be on the lookout. No, I didn't know that. That's wild. But yeah, that's going to add to some intrigue. But yeah, this movie looks amazing. The editing, just from the trailer alone, the cinematography, the se- action sequences, Michael Fassbender, and you just know it's going to have that layer of weirdness to it. So I'm all in. Can't wait for the killer. Um, but what's taking more anticipation out of my breath is Bradley Cooper's new movie, Maestro. <laughs> we got our first deep dive extended look trailer at this, and uh, people have been putting up some side-by-sides comparison between this and Tar. Uh and fair it looks i just uh, not, not not in terms of the film like i'm talking about like the the, the sequences yes. directing that those two specifically because they're jarringly similar but not like they're not saying like oh they're plagiarizing just like saying like who did it better like this is going to be tar and maestro are going to be a fun you know this is going to be tar meets blonde yes i was actually going to bring that up and not that but it's like this yeah. gives me a lot of blonde yeah because of the black and the white martin with the you know, between the colors. I think the, there's going to be time jumps and like yep. the story, like I'd be interested to know if it is like simply linear or if we're going to get some back and forth time jumping with it. Um, just because I think that would, I feel like that's probably, probably one of the main reasons that you would have the black and white to color is if you are going to be jumping back and forth. The, I don't know. It's yeah. just one of those things that, I don't know what I would do, but um, well, how do you feel yeah. about Jewface Cooper? How do you feel I about that nose? I, mean, I think he's got. I think he's gonna kill it. I think he's absolutely. Um, I think he's he's pumped about it. I was listening to podcasts where um, you know the whole SAG after like the strike right now, Actors Guild. You know, you can't promote your movies right now, or you no. can't directly promote yourself. Right, or whatever. it's super frustrating. And like, it's, it's, but, I admit to that that you can't even dress up as certain people for Halloween. Yes, but it's 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 even trickier for someone like Bradley Cooper, who is an actor and director in this. So mm-hmm. he has been noted to push a lot of um, Kath, uh, Catherine Mulligan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's really pushing her, um, which 
early read is like she's probably a front runner for um lead actress. Yeah, agreed. Um so I mean he's he's pushing that, but you know deep down like he wants to be pushing himself, like wants to be pushing his movie, but he can't because of Soul Strike. Um I think Which is a bummer. Yeah. So but we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Looks amazing. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, front runner for an Oscar, saying it now. I can't wait to see him versus Adam Driver versus Leonardo DiCaprio versus Killian Murphy versus what should have been Jonathan Majors, but now Magazine Dreams is delayed indefinitely, which is... Uh, yeah, Jeffrey Wright. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey Wright Jeffrey for Wright the there. author. What is that story? about? We talked about like two weeks. American yep. Fiction. Yeah. Um, but listen, I, I didn't add this as a new story. I am so devastated for all of you not being able to see Magazine Dreams this year. Um. Yeah, people are making it out because of the whole court case thing. I I truly think is because of the actors' strike. Yeah. You cannot promote a movie like Magazine Dreams, even with mm-hmm. everything that's happening mm-hmm. with Jonathan Majors. You can't promote it without some kind of actors. And it's getting close. We're getting close yeah. to the time that it was supposed to yeah. release. So, yeah, it's a bummer because that I I still hold to the fact that maybe good for Jonathan Majors now. If it doesn't have a worldwide release till next year, maybe he'd be eligible for next year's Oscars because this year's overly crowded now and. I still honestly and maybe if for all the very few of you who have seen Magazine Dreams from Sundance I still hold that Jonathan Majors would have been neck and neck in terms of if without the bad press the bad press is going to would have obviously made a difference but take that out of it he's neck and neck with Killian Murphy and edge over Leo I'm, I know you haven't seen it but that's yeah. that's the thing anyway, regardless Mayshore looks amazing and I do think it's weird to say based on this any other year Bradley Cooper would be front runner to win the Oscar yeah I think he's a dark horse now to win the Oscar take it from Killian Murphy or maybe seen the movie just looking at the trailer and what I see from his performance there and just what this movie the quality I could definitely see him sneaking up and winning taking it over from Killian Murphy or um okay I think I think it's easier bait just because of the what it is too like the prosthetic all the kind of stuff but we'll see uh last couple uh and let's do drift first because it's more on tone. This is a uh, Cynthia Erivo and uh shock hat, alley shock hat. I can't remember. I think I'm saying her last name, right? From uh, uh rest of development. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought I want, I always want to say spy kids, but that's Mashaka. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so I don't really know what this movie is about. Except so for Cynthia Erivo's character. Yes. She's obviously an immigrant. From like um, Johannesburg or something like that, where there's war yes. or Ethiopia. I'm not trying to be yeah, no, no, racial. No. That's just where she's from. Where there's obvious civil war, civil unrest, and all that stuff. And she's she has PTSD. Um, mm-hmm. She's basically stuck. It's Greece, right? It's Greece. Uh, yeah, stuck she's in like Greece. you're not Greek. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then Ali's character, um, they 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 meet each other, and there's this connection, obvious connection. Um, and I think it's just going. The, the movie just kind of follows their love connection, how they grow and heal and, you know, battle her PTSD and all that stuff. Um, and you think it's going to be a lesbian romance? I mean, yeah, so, that's, that's the vibe you got to. Yeah. He because she I mean, had, it showed it in the past, like where she was in it, but I yeah. mean, I figured as much, but um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's, same direction for Moonlight and stuff like that. It looks, I mean, it looks good. It's, uh, yeah. I've seen some looks early beautiful. trending that this could be a, not like a, it's not kind of like an Oscar sweeper thing, but it could like, no, like a some attention. Leslie slip. Yeah. yeah from something like that. Um, but really the last trailer, and this is what's going to win all the Oscars. 
is there's something in the barn. There's no What is that guy's lead name? What is his name? Ah, oh, dude, why'd you? I just got out of the. There's something in the barn. <sighs> Freaks and geeks, though. I mean, that's all you need to know. I forget what his uh, name is. Martin Starr. <laughs> yes. All right. So this is a. Uh, it's already been watched by someone. It's got a three point two, which is about promising. Wide, yeah. Uh, for an early release, wherever they watched it at. Um, this looks great. Like not. I mean, not don't not like excellent film. Just like, you know, between Silent Night, this the Eddie Murphy movie. Apparently, there's a new ludicrous Christmas comedy coming out. I missed earlier too that I saw when we were looking at trailers. Um, apparently, and there's another violent Christmas movie coming out this year too, plus the new Santa Claus's show. There's so much new Christmas stuff coming out this year, which oh, sign me all the way up after tomorrow. Christmas yeah. tree's coming up this weekend. Can't wait. Um, I mean, that's why I'm dressing up like Buddy the Elf tomorrow. It's like, yay, it's Halloween, but also kickstart on Christmas. Uh, but there's something in the barns about this family. It's an American family who goes to Norway to celebrate the holidays <clears throat> and celebrate Christmas and all. When they get there, they realize that there's like this folk legend about this barn. The you know, there's apparently these creatures in the barn, allegedly, or these spirits, whatever, that don't like loud music, they don't like bright lights, they don't like a lot of change, blah blah blah. Well, they decorate the barn and the house and all these Christmas and loud Christmas music inflatables, and it turns out it's like all the angry elves from Santa's workshop that come on this murderous rampage to get these tourists out of their house. Um, it looks a lot like it's the same vibes of Adam Scott's uh, Krampus, which I cannot wait to watch. Have you seen Krampus? Not. We we started to watch it last Christmas and yeah. never did. Um. So yeah, we'll uh we'll we'll re we we'll, we will watch that for Christmas. Me and JP. That's that's gonna be one we watch together. <laughs> Maybe pair that up with Krampus because that's Maybe. a fun comedy one two punch. But uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on there's something in the barn? Honestly, it looks pretty great. I know. I'm um, I'm, I'm in on it. I I think this one looks better than Silent Night to me the joe kenneman one yeah uh obviously the director is way more acclaimed for silent night and you know but something about silent night i mean i'll enjoy it but uh did you watch violent night i've asked you this before on the podcast i remember from last year david mm -hmm. harbour gotta watch that this year it's great um other than that that's the end of our trailer roundup uh some good ones this this week a lot of them but some good ones um that brings us into what we've been watching um we both watched three and then i watched the television show so why don't you hit me with one of yours first Man, so I actually watched uh, The Firm. I was listening to a podcast where they were breaking down some uh, procedural, like uh, courtroom procedural movies. And this one was actually brought up. Um, actually, doesn't take place in the courtroom, but involves lawyers. Um, and it's The Firm. Uh, it is based off, I think, a... Um, oh, shoot. Who's that author that um, does all the books? Stephen King? No. John MacArthur. No. John Grisham. John Grisham. Yeah. That was it. Thank John you. Definitely not John <laughs> MacArthur. <laughs> wow. Oh, only Alex would get that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, anyways, <laughs> let me pull up. You say only the elect no. would get that? No. <laughs> they would. Uh, so, the firm is, is actually uh, made in 1993, uh, starring Tom Cruise and uh, Janae Triplehorn. Uh, Triplehorn? Triple Horn, yeah, that's the porn star name from Big Lebowski. Okay, all right, Jackie. Tre oh, it's Jackie Treehorn. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, also has a a great uh, Gene Hackman. Uh, yep, role as well. Uh, basically follows this promising um, 
uh, lawyer coming out of uh, school. You know, basically, whenever you graduate, you get placed um, with these different firms. And uh, this one out of Memphis basically gives him an offer he can't refuse, um, making him and his wife move to Memphis. Uh, once he's there, he finds it, it's kind of weird because the movie starts out. I've known this for a minute, but I couldn't say it. But oh wow, six, S- six. What? What? David's having a sixth. Well, total family, four kids. Oh wow, good for David. Whew, it's a lot of kids. It is a lot. All right, sorry. One of our friends just announced their pregnancy announcement. So, so yeah, the firm. Uh, he's basically uh, recruited for this firm, moved to Memphis, and it, it's once he gets to Memphis, you kind of get the vibe that there's something going on here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you seen this movie? Uh, yes. Uh, it's been a few years. Long ago, time, but yeah. yeah. Uh, no, fresh, not that long, but I, yeah, fresh so, eyes though. It, it yeah. was pretty good. I, I know. I want to rewatch. It. I saw that when you lodged. Like, man, I need to watch that again. Yeah. Um, but you basically find out that this uh, firm is used to launder money for the mob in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And Tom Cruise's character is basically, um, he's he's stuck between a rock and a hard place because he's getting used by the FBI. But in doing so, he's outed himself to the firm saying the FBI has approached him. And he's like, I know they're going to kill me because they've done this to other people in the firm. And so he basically goes out of his way to try and protect himself on all sides and it's it's one of those to the very last like it kind of has you hooked to the very last minute um to kind of see how he pulls it off and uh it's a decent payout i'll be honest it's kind of hard to follow um so you kind of have to be locked in or else you can kind of miss it but uh great watch um kind of dip my toe back into some movies after a few weeks of uh, <laughs> not, not of. much of yeah yeah so yeah what you been watching? Um, well, I'll give you a choice. <clears throat> I yep. watched The Thing, Suspiria, Five Nights at Freddy's, The Royal Hotel, and The Fall of House Usher. So you got like three spooky movies, one spooky show, and a like bridge between. Yeah, I say um tell me about tell me about Suspiria. Okay. This movie is polarizing. I haven't seen the original. This is a remake of a nineteen seventy eight. So I think it's Dakota Johnson, uh, Mia Goth, Mia Goth. Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Um. So it's got three point seven, and a lot of people I follow are either like fives or like one and a halfs. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of people in between. I was one of those weird ones in between. Um. So it's it follows a Chloe Grace Mortez, which I didn't know was in this film. It opens with her. Who's like this girl who's like freaking out saying this brood of witches who are in this ballet studio are out to get her. And she's like really bad, like psychological PTSD from these girls. And she's yeah. going to the therapist therapist doesn't really believe her, but he starts investigating this. What ends up to be like this ballet coven kind of thing. Dakota Johnson's character comes from America to go intern. She felt she was dreaming about this place, dreaming about this place, felt drawn to it. Gets accepted there shockingly. Gets to go do perform there. So you you know all your pieces are together. Uh, Mia Goth is uh, her roommate. She gets she she's with <clears throat> Tilda Swinton is one of the car- lead um, well lead witches and lead ballet instructors. Um, so it's like the spinning web of this uh, therapist who's now doing like this detective work trying to expose them. Uh, Mia Goth, who is becomes the jealous friend, Dakota Johnson, who's just startling people. And then you have Tilda Swinton, who turns out to be this other one of the other coven leaders vying for power in this like 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of year old like demonic witch cult, right? Yeah. Um, and then the rest of this plot for me is not, and this is where I don't, where I my criticism of the film comes in. This movie is visually stunning. Yeah. Or it's arresting. Style, and it's style of over substance. Though. It is, and it's but the problem is it's very mean spirited. Mm. That's why I didn't like it as much. Like hereditary is t- a tough spirited in a way that like doesn't pointless. spoil it. Okay. Yeah, it is pointless. Like okay. kind of vindictive. Yeah, it, it just felt mean. Like I don't know how to describe yeah. it. Like not like oh, like a bully. Like I felt like I was watching it and I was like, why? Like it was like it was like mean and overly cruel for no reason. Like it's kind of like I've never seen like Salo. Thousand days in Sodom or whatever, yeah. you know, like, but and it wasn't near that level. Don't get me wrong; like, it wasn't like I was like, ugh, gross, something like that. Like, yeah. it didn't like scar my psyche. But I was sitting here watching, it and I was like, "What's the point of this?" Like oh, after it. a little, I was hooked for like the first hour. I was like, "Man, this is pretty cool." It's it's 152 minutes long. It's a long ass movie. Yeah, I mean, why you say that? That's subjective now. But I mean, for like what it is, perfect. for for what yeah. it is, it's long. And like, and that's part of the reason I think it's too long. I think if this film was like a 100 and 25 130 minutes shave off about 25 minutes of fat here or basically torture you're good to go um and the thing is it does it it, it, it like flirts a line here like because there's like these different scenes where like um they're doing these dances and then like there's one thing at the beginning when the first time you're introduced to how this magic works this girl in the middle of this ballet recital freaks out and gets mad because dakota johnson's taking her spot so she storms out and all the witches kind of like you know get mad at her and she goes downstairs and she walks into this room and it's all mirrors. One of the rooms they do it. And then it's a two tone, which this is where I was still super, super intrigued here. Yeah. Dakota Johnson's doing this thing upstairs and the other girl is downstairs and is mirroring, mirroring everything Dakota Johnson is doing, but yeah. unaware. So her arms are breaking, her ribs are coming out of place. Cause she's not, she's just getting jerked around mm-hmm. until she's like tied up in this knot. And you know, it's very long, very brutal to watch, which I mean, that doesn't bother me. And then like all the witches come down later and they put their hooks in her and carry her out, you know, and then there's like some satanic sacrificial stuff that happens, right? Whatever. And then it's just rinse, repeat a lot more of that kind of stuff. So it kind of loses its novelty I guess, or it kind of loses. It's like, uh, uh, I don't know the right word. Like it just becomes more novelty than yeah. uh, cause I was going to say it loses its novelty, but it becomes more novelty and you get used to it. And it's just like, all right, I'm t- I'm tired of this now. It just becomes torture porn. Mm-hmm. It's in that. That's why I don't love all the Saul movies or like the the Hills Have Eyes films. It's just it's not that they're bad movies. Like this movie is visually beautiful. The performances are all fantastic. Yeah. But like the more I watched it, the more I was ready for it to be over. I like the stuff of Mia Goth towards the end. It didn't feel warranted. Um, and it just like I said, it just got very torture pornish, and that's just not my thing. Like yeah. I don't want to just watch gore and torture without yeah. it having like a big plot payoff now some people adamantly disagree with my take here about there not being a plot no yeah no there's a plot yeah it just gets to me it gets lost in the sub like substance it gets yeah. lost or it gets lost in the style yeah. it gets lost in the trying to be edgy trying to be i don't know i don't know it's very on brand for me a goth i yeah. mean because it's 2018 so she was really starting to find her footing but um Suspiria is definitely a one one off watch for me. I kind of want to watch the original now to see how it holds up. Yeah, I, was, I was surprised to hear you were doing the remake over the the original. Yeah, uh, and he's got a three point seven. I was like, hey, I'll watch it. Plus, I've seen a couple sure. of Mia Goth films this year. I was like, I'll give it a go. 
Um, yeah, I just wasn't overly impressed. Now, it's visually stunning. I, I mean, it is visually great. Like, it yeah. looks amazing, and the performances are great. But um, it's just a coven of ballet witches, and that have been around for hundreds of years, and there are some unique deaths and some gross deaths, which is cool. Love that. I love the gore stuff, but when that's all your movie's standing on after a little bit, especially when you get have such a good plot, and then it just becomes like a subplot to the gore, Yeah, I'm out. But uh, Suspiria, it's on Amazon Prime. I mean... It's it's not bad. It's not a bad movie. I just not 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 really a me movie. Gotcha. Well, I guess I gotta go next. Um, yeah, because we just have we're one off. So yeah, I mean, I watched uh, Reptile today. Um, Is it as bad as some of the reviews I've seen? That I critic reviews not not. It's not great. Okay. It's not what I expected. Um, I expected kind of a mixture between, um. Between like seven and oh shoot, what was uh? I had a feeling this was either going to be like seven or it was going to be like, like a out of ten rating. As far as like yeah the okay the, yeah, yeah yeah, and what was the um the movie that came to HBO at Jared Leto, Denzel Washington, and little uh, things, little things. It, uh, it was going to be either, yeah, it was going to be either a movie like that. See, I liked or that seven. Movie. I, I liked enjoyed it, things. but it was not like <laughs> it was a three and a half star for me. Eight, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And this was a three and a half star movie. Um, uh, Benito or Benico del Toro. Yeah, Benico del Toro, like bringing it. The entire movie's great. I heard he's the like saving grace. Yeah, he is. Um, how do I put this? It, it's it's just really I, I, like the last forty minutes really kept me wondering what was going to happen next. Um but I probably would have enjoyed it more if the first hour and a half kind of like had, had that had a sense of like payoff or whatever, because yeah. it's, it's just, I don't know. It's Sounds like it's you a, had similar thing happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> just in a different know. kind of way, but it was uh, extremely well-made mm -hmm. shot. Well, I felt like um, editing there's different moments and stuff that really jarring and I think really effective to what they're trying to, to, to do. Um, we kind of got a hint of that in the trailer, which is really what drew me to watch it. Uh, but Benito de Toro's like his whole, his whole character, the story behind it. I would have loved more backstory behind it because I feel like the direction that they go at the end could have had a bigger payoff if we had more backstory on him. That's right. really the best way I can put it. Cause yeah. I think you should watch it. It's, it's good. Especially if you yeah. like little things. Yeah. I did like the little I things. honestly almost went back to watch it. Um, to things. just compare, yeah, because yeah, that Jared Leto is great in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so yeah, Reptile three and a half movies, all right. Yeah. How was Timberlake? Um It was just fine. He was on a decent okay run for a minute. My favorite movie he's ever been in is Alpha Dog. You ever seen it? Uh no, I don't think I have. Oh, Alpha Dog is gonna go with trolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had Alpha Dog in time that just friends. And or friends with benefits, and something else. He had like five movies come out in like a three or four year span, and he had like his rock movie where he was actually getting good. But yes, yeah. um, so I watched a classic. I watched a uh, 1982 John Carpenter movie, uh, starring Kurt Russell and Keith David. Oh my! Or David? Is it David Keith? Keith David? Keith David? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul called the thing. Uh, so. This movie has a 4.3 on Letterboxd. It's beloved as a as a classic. It's got how many five star ratings? 200.5 thousand five star ratings. Yeah. 
That's a balls ton. Only 521 half stars. That's really good for yeah. a movie this big. It's an enormous ratio. Um, I gave it three and a half stars. I'm one of only 44,000 people to do that. Yeah, that's pretty bold. Um, that's a whole half star up from what I had it based on memory. Um, so I'm going to read the brief synopsis here because it's a classic. I don't want to muddle it down with my words here. Man is the warmest place to hide. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio would have something to say from The Revenant. Apparently, horse is the warmest yeah. place to hide. Um, in a remote Antarctica, a group of American research scientists are disturbed at their base by a helicopter shooting at a sled dog. When they take the dog in, it brutally attacks both human beings and canines in the camp, and they discover that the beast can assume the shape of its victims. That's very misleading not the dog it's the alien in the dog a resourceful helicopter pilot and the camp doctor lead the camp crew in a desperate gory battle against the vicious creature before it picks them all off one by one if you just read that description it makes it sound like the dog is on a murderous rampage yeah. it is not uh it just possessed the dog to start so um that actually does very well sum up the film though um they bring a dog into camp that's being shot at um when it when they put it in the pen with the other dogs it sheds its skin of the dogs and starts to possess the other dogs. Um, it's like a, a lot of practical effects, which is great because that's all they had then. Uh, but they also don't hold up very well. Yeah. Um, so that's part of the reason I tried to watch it objectively, but it's not fun. It's not fun to look at watch. So it's not like. I mean, it does take away from it a little bit watching it in 2023. Um, and it can take the form of whatever it wants once it gets inside of you and nobody can know it's there. But the process of it is violent at first. Right. Um, so it kind of turns into like a who's who, like oh, who's been possessed, who had not possessed, like demonically, like who's been infected, who hasn't been infected. Um, so they go on this search. They find this basically ship, this place they buried under like sheets of ice for thousands and thousands and thousands of years where this thing originated from. And uh, one by one, uh, they start turning on each other. And the thing also, that's what it's called. The thing that's what they call it. The alien uh, starts picking them off via the host that he's in. And sometimes outside of the host body, it's just like this gory, bloody creature. Um, so the one thing I will say about the thing and the ending is fantastic. I love the inception top spinning, you know, not, is it real? Is it not real? But like, what's how really did it resolve did it yes and the ending leaves you it's just no spoilers at this point leaves you with two people left alive and yeah. that's kurt russell and keith david which is mcneary and child's character and you know my interpretation of it is child's is as is the thing and they come to this pact like neither one of us are infected so we're just going to sit here and basically die because we're not going to take it back. So they, they, because they burnt the camp down, everybody else is dead. Yeah. They're not going to let this spread anywhere else. Um, and <laughs> Kurt Russell's character is kind of like, I don't really want to do this, which makes it seem like he's probably not infected because he knows he, he'll starve to death or freeze to death. Mm -hmm. uh, but Keith David's like, no, we're going to do this. We're going to be all right. Um, which is another young Keith David. He looks so different back then. He looks yeah. like Morris Chestnut, uh, more than he does Keith <laughs> David because I thought the same thing when I saw They Live. Um, or earlier this year i talked about it yeah uh, another john carpenter movie around the same time but anyway yeah uh there's some really fun cheesy stupid but for the time incredibly gory i'm sure like like oh my gosh they showed this in a film deaths um there's some impalements some beheadings some dog violence so you're ready for that um but not like graphic it's hard you know it's not like it's hard to watch because I, I love dogs but um no, as a whole, this movie, just three and a half stars. I mean, it's good. I, I appreciate it for what it was. Uh, they remade the thing and like when I was in high school and it wasn't very good. But I think this would be the thing 
is primed for a solid remake reboot. Um, I, I think there's something really fun there. Uh, maybe even like a limited series, a really good plot limited series would be fun for this kind of thing. Um, but as a whole, it was good. It was good. Three and a half stars is like above good. Like I had a really good time with it. I'd watch it again. Uh, it's just not to me, not growing up watching it, obviously it's just, and watching it for the first time, I think a handful of years ago, I think like 2017, 2018 was the first time I watched it. Yeah. Um, I saw the remake before I saw the original. Oh. Um, so I wasn't allowed to watch these movies. Growing no, up, yeah, right? totally. Um, so it's just watching movies like this are kind of hard as an adult because it just doesn't have the same luster that it did back then. But I, I can understand that. It, I can understand and appreciate and appreciate the reveredness around it. I the guess triumph. is the best word. Yeah. So have you seen this? I haven't. Yeah, I think you should watch it. It's yeah, not I've really thought scary. about it's it. An alien no, flick. I've, I've thought about it, and I've always been interested in. Because again, like you said, the practical effects is kind of you say it doesn't really hold up, but yeah, I mean, in that time, no, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, I'm, that's not the. Yeah. I'm not trying to harp on you yeah. for saying it doesn't hold up. Yeah, but it was more of it. Was, it was like innovative. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. When did that movie come out? Eighty two. Yeah. So, like, we don't get that. We don't get the alien chest bursting mm-hmm. scene. Like yeah. without a movie like this, right? And I'm sure there's many more. Well, but and there's I actually thought about. I didn't. I didn't put those two and two together. This film, this came out before Alien. When did Alien come out? I thought it was eighty. I thought it was late eighties. Yeah, whatever it was. If this came first, you can definitely see some chest bursting uh, inspiration that can or that that took from this film to get there. Uh, I didn't even think about that because I just assumed Alien came first and inspired some of the deaths and gore from this film. But um, if it didn't, then kudos to the thing. That's even more cultural impact than I anticipated. But um, no, he's good. Kurt oh, Russell. Oh no, seventy nine. Okay, so this took some cues probably from yeah. Alien. That makes that's kind of where my head was at. But yeah. um, it does well with it, and Kurt Russell's fantastic in this movie. So yeah, as a whole, the thing's good. I recommend it. John Carpenter is proves time and time again. Uh, I may not be like I said, I didn't grow up with him. Um, and we'll talk about it when we talk about Halloween. I'm sure. Uh. But dude, dude understands horror. Dude understands how to make a, how to create unique, spooky worlds to oh, to populate. So. Agreed. Agreed. But, all right. What else you got? Uh, last thing that I watched um, was Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, you watched yeah. this, right? Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Are we gonna talk about this for a little bit? Yeah. Go ahead. So or, we're gonna. Or hang on. Since I have two more, let me breeze through one of yeah, mine. No, no, do so it. So we can spend some time on that because I have a couple more. Let yeah. me talk about. Uh, because <clears throat> I won't spend too much time. I'm gonna start with Five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, I watched this to um, kind of alleviate myself from Hereditary. Because I watched, I waited, and messed around because I wasn't feeling good yesterday and took a nap, so I didn't get to watch Hereditary in the daytime. So I had to watch it at nighttime, uh, which is not always makes it worse. That's why I had to live. I knew what it was coming at the end, so yeah. I live. Did you watch them? Yes, <laughs> made you relive it. Dawson's like I tap. He doesn't want to watch that movie at all. He's like I skipped right through those. I I can't wait to talk about it. Um, but anyway, so I needed something to take my mind off it. So what better way to do it than watch another spooky movie? But uh, it's not really that spooky. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy, starring Josh Hutcherson. And uh, did you watch the first season of You? Uh, yes. Beck, the blonde. Oh, yeah. She's the she's a police officer in this film, one of the main gotcha. stars. Uh, and it's also got our boy Matthew Lillard. Uh, from Scream and Scooby Doo and all that stuff. He's, he's in it. Other than that, I don't know any other people in this film. Um, so but I don't play the games Five Nights at Freddy's. Those are more uh, PC kind of games. They're also point and click games, which aren't my thing. Yeah. Um, but I know it's revered, huge, mega, multi-million, if not 
eh, probably not billion, but multi-million dollar franchise. Um, and if they, I'll be honest, if they made a game that wasn't point and click, I'd totally play it. It's, it's definitely, you know, I like survival horror games um, if they're done right, but point and click just isn't my thing. Uh, but no, it's, you know, I'll read the brief synopsis. Can you survive five nights? Uh, recently fired and desperate for work, a troubled young man named Mike agrees to take a position as a night security guard in an abandoned theme restaurant, uh, Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. But he soon discovers that nothing in Freddy is what it seems. Um, so if you've seen Willie's Wonderland, this is that almost exact plot and everything. Yeah. Um, I gave them both three and a half stars. They're both stupid. They're both zany. Uh, Willie's Wonderland is a little more because um, it doesn't have source material. It's a little more self-aware, so it's a little more funny. Yeah. Uh, this one has source material, and part of the reason people have blowbacks is they change the source material. But for me, knowing yeah. what I know about the games and what they changed, I appreciated that, which is why I think I could bump it up a half star. Other people are bringing it down. Um, so Josh Hutcherson character, his little brother was kidnapped when he, they were both little kids and um every time he dreams he gets a little bit different a little bit further in his dream every yeah. time he dreams at freddy's only at freddy's um and his sister is like special needs his little sister that he has uh, both of his parents are dead um and he's the sole caretaker over and this aunt this evil aunt trying to get custody over that's like a weird random subplot i don't really care about um but every time he dreams he like communicates he gets a little further in like flashbacks of what happened when he was a kid and he almost keeps uncovering who kidnapped his little brother when he, they were they were both little and when he's at Freddy's, the dreams intensify and he has to bring his little sister there one night. And, uh, cause it's an overnight job. He has anger issues. Can't, can't keep a job. So he brings his little sister there to this overnight thing. And, um, the, she, when he wakes up, um, from this dream, which at this time there's like five little kids that are around him saying they can reunite him with his brother, which red flag one on one. Right. Um, and his sister, that's a side plot. She keeps drawing things from his dreams. The little sister does but how exactly right so it, it, okay. they, they do a good job explaining it it's interesting it, it does have some interesting little threads here um and when he wakes up he sees on the monitor she's out there playing with all these giant animatronics turns out these kids from his dreams are this they're the ones possessing the animatronics so long story short um the guy who got him the job spoilers here Matthew Lillard is a demented serial killer and child torturer what he does is he owns this place would kidnap kids um, from not just the restaurant but he would like groom them at the restaurant and then kidnap them yeah torture them and then put their bones and their bar torture their bodies and put them in these suits okay so these suits are like possessed by spirits of little kids and even though they want to help and play with the kids, anytime Matthew Lillard's character comes out of this giant bunny suit, he has like this control fear over him. It has like rewarped their brain. Well, through the power of drawing a picture, his little sister helps them realize that he's bad and they turn on him and Matthew Lillard gets 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 got, right? Mm. Um, there are some really fun deaths in here. Um, I kind of wish this was rated R. This is a Blumhouse movie too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Jason Blum's been pushing back on the negative reviews and I get that. Like, He's like, just watch it. And I enjoyed it. Like, I actually, I really like Five Nights at Freddy's. It's stupid. It's campy, uh, purposely campy, I'm sure. Uh, but I don't know because I'm not the target audience because I didn't play the game. Um, obviously, this movie's doing, and it's a new story later, it's doing freaking gangbusters at the box office uh, for what the budget was. Um, so I'm glad it's finally success because it, it is a fun movie. Uh, 
I mean, but if you've seen Willy's Wonderland, you've seen Five Nights at Freddy's. If you've seen Five Nights at Freddy, you've seen Willy's Wonderland. Willy's Wonderland is just shorter and more self-aware. But um, over, overall, um, you know, everybody wins. The bad guy and the police officer who's helping him throughout the movie, Beck, her dad is a serial killer, and she admits it all at the end and helps take him down. Huh. Great. Okay. There it is. Uh, it was fun. Th- three and a half stars for me. I always forget how short Josh Hutcherson is. Yeah. see him in a movie, uh, especially standing next to Matt, like Matthew Lillard. He's very short. Um, lastly, for the films that I watched, um, is uh, The Royal Hotel. Um, this one is starring Julia Garner, uh, a.k.a. my girl from uh, Ruth from Ozark, and Jessica Henwick. I can never remember what TV show I've seen her in. Well, she was most recently in Glass Onion. That's it, but yeah. there's also a TV show I saw her in. I always want to say The White Lotus, but it's not that. Don't know. Whatever. Uh, it's also got a shocking Hugo Weaving performance I did not know was in this film uh, oh. until I didn't look at it on Letterboxd. I mean, I added it to my list on Letterboxd. Yeah. Then I was watching, I was like, whoa, Hugo Weaving? And he's in it. Uh, it has some pretty fun moments, too. Other than that, uh, you get your boy Toby Wallace, who's also in, uh, who's new to me, but he's in that uh, finest uh, trailer we were Yeah, the about. boat. Yeah. The boat trailer. He's in that, too. He's the guy that's like General Ortega's love interest. Um, so the synopsis for this film via letterbox a fun adventure is all they wanted after running out of money while backpacking in a tiny male dominated town in Australian outback two friends resort to working a holiday at the Royal Hotel when the locals behavior starts crossing the line the girls find themselves trapped in an unnerving situation that grows rapidly out of their control so it's about two young attractive friends who are like backpacking their way around the world doing these little side jobs throughout the uh, summer in different countries um and they have a they have a penchant for partying um and they're out of money they couldn't really find a good one so this lady sent them to the middle of nowhere in australia they get there it's a bar there's like two women one's like a bar hag who only comes and drinks is like a bro basically an old fat woman bro and then you have uh hugo weaving's character billy and his wife or lover carol who is a um lady like the only other lady in town and she takes up for the girls like she's like tries to warn them keep them safe like hey they're mostly harmless but you got to stand up for yourself don't be an idiot um when they get there these two british girls that have just got done interning there and they party with the guys blah 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 and then at the very end some weird questionable stuff happens and they kind of leave with a guy named dolly they don't really the uh that our main girls uh julia garner and jessica hendrick are like hey, it's a little sketchy um but they leave and everybody's nice at first they start doing the bartending Everybody's nice, but obviously making sexual jokes and stuff like that. And then as each night progresses, it gets a little weirder. And Jessica Henwick is trying to like live it up, party, party, party. But Julia Garner's character is very suspicious of this guy named uh, Dolly. Um, He's really weird, like kind of stumbles around at night when they're upstairs trying to go to sleep, Um, like kind of knocks on the doors, really rapey, rapey kind of vibes from this guy, right? Um, And as each night goes forward, he gets more, he realizes that Julia Garner doesn't like him and he gets more aggressive and hateful towards her. Uh, the other guys get really grabby with them as the nights go on. Hugo Weaving's character is an alcoholic, even though he owns the bar and they have to leave town for a little bit. Um, there's another younger guy, the guy from um, the other movie, uh, Toby Wallace, who's interested in Julia Garner's character, finally earned her trust. But turns out he's like a patsy for Dolly and what they do is kidnap and rape girls. They don't come out and say that, which is part of the reason I lower, I have this at three and a half stars. It like, and that's the problem with this film to me. And it's a, a, a it's a feminist film uh, by a feminist director with very openly feminist views. Okay. 
a lot of the complaints on this film are male from males, and I am one of them. And it's like nothing happened. Like, well, what did you want to see? A rape and torture and murder? Well, <laughs> no. But yeah. at the same time, like you allude to so much, but there's no payoff. I mean, there is, but there's not. Like, yeah. And it's not, this movie's excellently paced. The tension builds masterfully. Like, it is such a good tension builder. But then it just fizzles out. Like, they, you know, I know you have this on your watch list, so I don't want to do, yeah. spoil anything, right? You know, they, at the end of the film, they get to do what they want to do, and they get to leave, whatever. Uh, and it's just, I was just watching, like, really? That's how we're going to end this film? Like. Oh my gosh. It just felt I was very underwhelmed by the ending. I was ready to give this film like with 20 minutes left to go. I was like, this is a four and a half star movie. This is freaking oh, wow. great. I don't understand yeah. why it's got a 3.3 and then credits rolled. And I was like, Oh, all the way down from four and a half to a three and a half real quick. I was like, all right, I get the endings, but I guess that makes me a misogynist, bad male. I was yeah. like, I just wanted more, I wanted more. And yes, it's the dark stuff because it, it builds up. It's like, there's so much tension about, the dangers of this town and the men in this town and obviously leading towards like but don't rape, allude violence. To. No, like it just made up shows. I mean, like says it basically like yeah. that these guys like rape and kill and kidnap women. Then all of a sudden the movie ends and like none of that happens. It's like, I know, I know and that sounds bad. It's hard to say if you haven't yeah. seen the film, but like, it's just, there's no payoff, but they, but they get to leave and they got their, they got their just desserts. Right. But at the same time, no one did. Yeah. No one, the bad guys didn't get justice. They didn't really get justice. It's just rinse, repeat, cycle continues. So I don't know. The Royal Hotel was good. Three and a half stars. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I went, it's 91 minutes long, which is a perfect time. Uh, I enjoyed about 75 minutes. Thoroughly wow. enjoyed 75 minutes. Like very much enjoyed 75 minutes. And then the last 15 or so minutes, I was like, all right. Well, so. it's disappointing because I, I had. No, still watch it. You okay. might get, you might. Like the ending better than I did. Who knows? I just found it a bit of a letdown. So, last one. For, no, no, that's it. That's right. You can do this, and then, or I can do the fall no, of house. You might usher. As well talk about talk about it. Fall of house. Usher? Yeah, talk about okay, it. Because then we can both discuss it. Yeah, that'd be fall. Uh, so I'm not going to break down each every episode, but Mike Flanagan has a new show on Netflix. Um, the guy who did Haunting of House Hill, Haunting of Bly Manor, Midnight Mass, The Midnight Club, and now fall fast usher if you've been listening to this podcast long you know that i'm a huge midnight mass advocate it's one of the best tv shows to me little mini series ever made fantastic one of my favorite television performances of all time from the priest in that show anyway the fall south fall of house usher is this new show um and it is about a family uh a dad specifically bruce greenwood um and his like seven or eight kids can't remember how many they are now and it is an edgar Allan poe uh, inspired show. Um, it's called, She's the synopsis is, She's Coming for Them All. Ruthless siblings Roderick and Madeline Usher have built Fortunato Pharmaceuticals into an empire of wealth, privilege, and power, but past secrets come to light when the heirs and uh, heirs to the Usher dynasty start dying at the hands of a mysterious woman from their youth. Um, so long story short, the Madeline and Roderick Usher, the main two from, from and he gets, that's Matt Sar- young Matt Saracen yeah. from Friday Night Lights. They make a pact basically with death when they were very young, but they kind of remember it as a fever dream and um, they become incredibly wealthy. I'm really, this is like a 10 episode 
show or eight episodes show, yeah, i'm really no, gonna no. blitz through this plot and hit the highlights there's this backstory about when they were young and their mom worked for the company and they had to work their way up in the company to get their revenge i'm skipping all that yeah because it doesn't matter for me for this part of the film for this part of the synopsis and this is a show obviously um but they made this deal with this woman uh basically whose death they get wealth power all the favor they want and then um death comes knocking and comes for all the kids um, kind of gives them a chance to do better but each episode is based on an Edgar Allan Poe short so each death is based on that short um, the first kid dies with acid sprinklers the second kid Sick. Oh, it was great yeah. it's wild the second kid um, dies I'm going to get out of order here uh, the second kid gets her face mauled off by an angry chimp like beat to death uh, another one uh, goes crazy trying to find this black cat, like starts beating himself and jumps off a roof to commit suicide. Um, another one goes crazy looking at reflections of herself in the mirror, uh, smashes the glass ceiling above her bed, falls down, lands on glass and all the other glass falls and impels her. Um, another one. Um, hmm. How did, Oh, the pit and the pendulum. Another one gets slowly cut in half by a giant thing hanging from the ceiling. Uh, which makes sense. I know it sounds stupid, but it makes sense if you're watching it. Um, I know there's another one. Oh, another one stabs herself in the chest. And another one turns into a mummy gets her eyes gouged out. That's the sister. I don't know. The deaths are amazing. And I, I'm short selling this because there's a lot because this is brand new. I don't want to spoil everything. But The Fall of House Usher, man, it's a brilliant plot excellent flawlessly told story the performances are all amazing you got the usual suspects that you know collaborate with mike flanagan uh, uh carla guigno can't remember her name but the main ones are uh henry thomas katie siegel rahu coley uh samantha sloyan and zach guilford uh those are all frequent collaborators of mike flanagan and all do an awesome job here uh, the chemistry of the cast is incredible. Uh, Mark Hamill is in this film or yeah. the show uh, pretty regularly as lawyer of the family or Arthur, Arthur Pym. He's puts one of my better Mark Hamill performances I've seen in a while. Um, it, it's fantastic. It's not overly scary. It's gory, um, but it's, it's really good. It's fall of house. Usher, I, it's probably my second favorite Flanagan behind midnight mass. Wow. So I really enjoy it. Plus I love Edgar Allan Poe stuff and uh, they do a good job incorporating all that into this high praise. Yeah, it was really good. I've Four heard, and a half stars for me. I know, I've heard so much about it, and I just couldn't get through Haunting of Hill House. It's nothing like that. Totally different, Bob. I know, but there's jump scares. Not really. I've seen the clown. In what? I don't know. House Usher? Yeah. I don't even remember a clown, so it's very, very impactful. Okay. You should watch Midnight Mass, though. I, I, I probably will at some point. In life, down the road, maybe next Halloween. But down right now, tell me about Anatomy of a Fall, bro. So what a great fucking! I movie. Oh. have finally. It's a great fucking movie. All right, I finally say started watching this. Um, I started watching way too late. And it's long. It's it's like a two two and a halfer. Um, so brief synopsis of it. Um, a story begins with Samuel is found dead in a snow outside of an uh, isolated uh, chalet where he lived with his wife, Sandra. Chalet. Chalet, thank you. A German writer and their uh, partially sighted uh, 11-year-old son, Daniel. An investigation leads to a conclusion of suspicious death 
It's impossible to know for sure whether he took his own life or, or was killed. Sandra was indicted, and we follow her trial, which pulls the couple's relationship apart. Daniel is caught in the middle between the trial and their home life. Doubts to take, uh, doubts take their toll on the mother-son relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't like prepared for like the courtroom, like the whole procedural side of it. Oh my gosh, that that cross-examining lawyer. Maybe it's awesome. because it's like it's this is like it's taking place in France and like, this is what French like court looks like, but I was totally sucked in by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sa- uh, Sandra Uller, I think is Uller, her name yeah. is the actress in this. She's absolutely just a, a sneaky, like Oscar. Like, Oh yeah. Sneaky. Oh yeah. Um, She's got a couple of movies that are coming out that I think will just keep her name out what, there. What is the other movie she has coming out this year? It's a big one. Uh, she's going to be in Zone of Interest. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I don't know, man. Uh, Daniel, the kid, that performance, though, absolutely stole it for me. Yeah. Um, especially the last, the, the last bit of it. Yep. Um, the... I don't know, man. It's just there was a lot. There's a lot happening. Um, basically, we're gonna spoil it a little bit. So yeah, because we didn't skip last ahead. Time. Because yeah. I, there is there is some like some discussion to this because we don't get a full resolve. I feel like. Um, you mean in terms of what the son? Wants- so yeah. So basically, the son comes to the end. He's he's basically faced with all these facts of like his father was suicidal. Yeah. So they're basically saying, well, the plot. Yeah, did, yeah. did the did the wife, the mom, his mom kill her husband or not? Or yes. did he kill himself? Yeah. And and in the cross-examination, all this stuff comes up, though, of, like, what would be the motive of him to kill himself? We have yep. all this evidence that he would have wanted to live or whatever. And uh, it's, it's, like, the final testimony, Daniel, the son, decides he's going to speak up. And you think, to some degree, that he's going to basically testify against his mother yes. and basically say that, you know, I think she did it. Um, but he does the opposite. He tells a story of basically how, I mean, it, it was absolutely gut wrenching monologue of basically how their dog gets sick and they're taken to the vet and the Man. dad's basically using the dog as, as a, you know, uh, as, as a, as a, as a, um, um, What's the word? A um, it, it dim, like an example of like what death is and like how you should be ready for death. Oh, and in how, the car ride home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and that was just like basically the kid saying, "Yeah, I think my dad could have actually killed himself." Like he was well, telling me, he recreated that experiment. Yes, on the dog, which was which, brutal. Br- yes, yeah, I hated that. <laughs> I, was, I thought of you when I was watching. Yeah. I was like, I was like, this motherfucker. If he freaking he kills, kills his, his dog, dog, man, I'm gonna be so mad. I'll turn it off right now. Yeah. Um. I actually Google does the dog die and how to fall. <laughs> I do the spoiler. As you're, as you're watching the dog I die, I did, and it said no. I was like, good. He comes back to life. I was be mad. Yeah. Uh, if you kill, well, now I'm that way with kit babies too. I used to not care. But now, is it <laughs> dogs too far? Now, baby. Yeah. So, so if you're listening and you are going to watch it, the dog does does not die. You'll yeah. be fine. But um, basically, this testimony though um, leads to the mom being acquitted and all this stuff, and and she's she's good to go home. They but go back to their life. In the process, the son has to hear 
everything. The, and the judge tries to spare him at some point. Like, hey, the kid should not be a part of this. Yeah. But he's a key to clearing the mother. So the boy has a choice to make. Do I sit here and listen to all of the, you know, things kids shouldn't be privy to for their parents? Like all the ins and outs of like trying to make a point like, hey, my the mom's trying to make it out. Hey, my husband was the worst. He was abusive. He was a drug addict he, or manic depressive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then the other side trying to prove that he killed himself. And the other side, you have the defense saying, well, you were you were mentally and psychologically abusive. You were an adulterer. You were bisexual. You are stole stole my source material. Yes, you were like yeah, you that drew- that was a big linchpin in the whole like outside of outside of finding out that the son's partial blindness was a result of an accident. Yeah. Like the story side of it too was a big um like the book's uh material was another big side to where basically he she's taken this Cause he's a writer. He feels unfulfilled and blames her an unsuccessful, writer. unsuccessful, unsuccessful writer. And she basically takes this material. She says that he had said, you know, not going to finish it. Go ahead. And she, she reworks it and makes it into the yeah. successful three part series. She took and, like a broad outline and made it her own. Exactly. Yeah. And there, and which again, in the cross examination, they pull this stuff and like, this is basically you, you given the example of how you would kill and, and, basically explained how what your motives would be and and how you resent him and all this stuff and it's it's interesting because like that's how the public is going to view it mm-hmm. um and it's it, it's leading up to the end which i think again is like i watched this i was watching this in bed on my ipad and i was like when it finished i was like how am i supposed to fall asleep i don't know um because it, it ends with everyone back at home um she tucks daniel in she goes what you, what you think she's gonna go to bed mm-hmm. but she goes to um samuel's uh, office where he would where she said he would sleep most nights and she crawls into the bed in there and sleeps with the dog and i just have to ask you did she do it <sighs> i see i'm still torn because the flashbacks you do see especially that one where he's talking about the dog the husband does seem like a kind of vindictive yeah kind of a mean person well, bad the, person too the fight that he recorded the recording yeah yeah um, and <sighs> i'm going to say no i was all in on yes she did it until the fight yeah well and also just seeing how calm she was and dismissive during the journalist yeah. interview that happened 10 minutes before he killed himself yeah she didn't seem like she was about to go up there and kill him. She didn't seem overly shocked by the music or upset mm-hmm. by the music. I, it definitely seemed he was doing it more to piss her off than it actually pissed her most, off. Yeah, most definitely. So I, I don't think she did it. Yeah. Um, the son is a bit dodgy at the end of the film of the mom. Doesn't really want her around very much. Doesn't really know how to take her because she's all this discovery about her. But yeah, but I, I, I feel like once it was all once he gave his testimony, mm-hmm. they're back home. Everything was good. I think she's still dealing with the weight of it you think she hooks up the more important do you think she hooks up with her lawyer oh definitely for sure i i did though i get the idea of like has this always been a thing yeah like has like was this a master plan set up yeah exactly yeah. but i don't think it's, i don't either I, it's an amazing movie it um, is great brilliant one of the best one of the better court procedurals i've seen in a long time yes i agree so yeah that'll be fall definitely uh not i don't think sneaky i think definitely is a legit chance of winning form picture um 
I can't remember if this was mentioned to not. It's possible this might not get down to me. What? Yeah, I forget what the reason was. Um, but yeah, don't be surprised. I, I'm surprised right now. Yeah. Um, I think this would be France. Yeah, they nominated something else. I don't. I don't know. It's well, that would be upsetting because yeah. this film, I think, is would be great Oscar material. Like in general, for best, I mean, it's not going to win Best Picture, but no, it's good. It's really good. Yeah. In a weaker year, this could be a best picture kind of thing. Yeah. But um, anyway, yeah, that's what we've been watching. What did you give an Adam before? I gave it four and a half. I gave it four and a half too. Yeah. Great film. It's really a blessing that we got to see Killers of the Flower Moon and Adam Fall in like the same week span. Yeah, it was pretty great. Great. Um, so that brings us to the news story. And obviously to start the news off, we have a bummer. We're going to have to fly through this yeah, stuff. Well, most of this stuff's quick. Okay. Uh, Matthew Perry passed away. Um, yes. Uh, last I saw, no foul play, no drugs in a system. Um, Abby just listened to his funny. She just li- finished listening to his audio book like oh, a week wow. or two ago. So this is Abby's fault. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying so. I listen to a lot of it too. Yes. We listen to it while we drive. Um, Does he narrate his own audio book? Mm-hmm. That's so weird to me. Yep. Um, you know he's off the drugs supposedly yeah. now and all that stuff, but you know he does say he has card. He in the book talk about his heart issues. Um, and that's apparently what happened. He had like a heart attack in the hot tub and drowned. Um. So big bummer. Uh, obviously, yeah. Matthew Perry famous for playing Chandler being in Friends. Um, bummer, man. Just yeah. always have anybody dies, and always it's, especially like a comedian who's like very beloved by a lot of people. So yeah, it's especially you know in hindsight, it's it's really depressing to know that a lot of his issues spawned from the success of Friends. Yep. Um, didn't he didn't go into it with any pre existing condition or dependency of anything like that? It's just Dealing with the fame, man. Yeah. So it's rough. It is rough. So um sorry to hear about that. Yeah. Um you know what also sad to hear? What? Because of the Flower Moon had a sixty one percent drop off and only are nine million in the second weekend. I think a lot of people heard about that runtime. It's like, oh wait, I can just watch this at home in a little bit. Yep. Probably, Probably right, which is a bummer. Uh are you surprised? I'm a little surprised no, at that number. I'm, I'm not surprised. I knew it was gonna have a drop. I didn't think it'd have a 61% drop. <sighs> to me, that seems like a, a big number, but it is a bummer. Um, and speaking of what you're saying, uh, it is a very long runtime, and Apple and Paramount have had to reach out to multiple theaters who have added a intermission intermission in Killed of Moon, stating that they violated their contract to the show uh to show the film as intended. Um are you surprised that people are adding their own intermissions theaters? I'm not, but at the same time, like, I don't agree with it. Yeah, me neither. Like, grow up. Yeah. Go watch the movie you're waiting for it to come out yeah, on bring streaming. A, bring but, a pee bottle. Uh, yeah, see? <laughs> I, 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 see, I come prepared. I'm ready. Are you, you can just be a grown-ass man in a theater and hold it in. I had to pee. <laughs> I did, too. We were watching yeah. it, but I made it. I made it. Uh, did you see Joe, Ruscio, Joe Russo's TikTok at... I did. Martin Scorsese? I did. Okay. So this is a big news story. It's continuing to blow up. I put this in here yesterday, and it's continued to just catch mainstream attention now. Um, in a little jab, Martin Scorsese was doing this TikTok about his video, who's named about his dog, who's named Oscar. Well, Joe Russo made a TikTok and resp- like, stitched himself into it. And was like, oh, I got a dog too. And... Oh, yours is named box or yours is named Oscar. Well, mine's name's box office. Yeah. Um, basically saying like, oh, hey, yeah, your movie's going to win an Oscar, but nobody really likes it. My movies like are mega box box office hits, which isn't really true. Um, the Avengers, Endgame, and Infinity War, sure, yeah, they're two of the yeah. highest gross movies of all time. So yeah, great. But your other stuff outside of Marvel, not really so successful. Yeah. Gray Man and uh, 
21 Bridges, and there's one more. Uh, they did the uh, Syndicate, which is the Amazon oh, series. Yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't seen that. Garbage. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on Joe Russo throwing shade at Scorsese? I think it's ignorant. Or, or is he throwing shade at Scorsese? Almost definitely is throwing shade. I think it's ignorant. Yeah, someone said in like 50 years, no one's going to know who the Russo brothers are, <laughs> yeah. and everybody will always know who Scorsese is. Think it yeah, Dawson. it's stupid. Like, why, why, why do that? Um, insecurity mainly yeah. because I I truly think the Russo brothers thinks they are they are because of, just hot stuff because of the Avengers yeah. movies. Yeah. You got to think at this point they know now though. But it, it, or do you care when you are still cashing checks from those two movies? I I just think the fact that they are still cashing checks like boosts an ego and an and an and an idea. And of, Marvel hasn't been the same since their movies either in a bad way. <laughs> Russo brothers stepped in at the right time. Yeah. And they 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 cashed in on other people's success and vision Agreed. and execution. Yep. Agreed. So. so uh yeah. Bummer though. I hate to see people I hate to see people fight like that out in the out in the world, but whatever. I, I mean, like that's the thing though, Scorsese is not fighting. No. I I'm mean glad it wasn't he makes up. he makes very pointed like remarks as far as his views on yeah. superhero movies, but Oh yeah, I forgot to even brothers. think about that layer that happens. But yeah. at least it wasn't somebody like David Fincher doing this, you know? Yeah. A different story. But uh yeah, anyway, just just a little side notes. Uh so I talked about Five Nights at Freddy's earlier. Uh it opened with seventy-eight million dollars domestically, the biggest opening ever for Halloween weekend. It's also earned 120 million already versus a domestically versus a twenty-five or hundred twenty-five total, hundred twenty versus twenty-five million dollar budget. Uh, that's huge. The fact that this is the highest selling opening on for a Halloween weekend against movies like Halloween, who have opened on a Halloween weekend, is yeah. insane to me. Um, this movie's like I said, it's good. You show me talk about it. it's good. It's not great. Uh, I think this is a lot of the Gen Z and millennial kids out there who grew up playing this game. Yeah, rushing to the theater for this. I'm just glad people are in the theaters. Um, and then uh, the lady who directed this film, give her a name, Emma something. She waived a like salary for it to get a percentage of the box office and has made the right off. choice. Yeah. Huge risk, but made you know paid off for it. Um, are you gonna watch Five Nights at Freddy's ever? No, no, not interested. Yeah, I mean you're not missing out much. Watch some playthrough of it, and I'm just like, nope, this is not me. Yeah, you saw Willis. I mean, Willis one was the exact same thing. So you're yeah, um, Pixar's next movie will now be Inside Out Two, which follows Riley's head. Uh, as a teenager with new emotions introduced. Oh. Uh, I love Inside Out, the yeah. first one. Um, I'm surprised this is the direction we're going here, but I'm not mad about it. I mean, it, yeah, I, I we'll see if it pays off. Um, it, I don't see it on here, and we haven't seen a trailer for it, but Wish. Oh, well, I mean, I've... Actually, I could have added a new trailer. I've seen the original trailer yeah. for Wish when it first came out. I think that's going to be the first movie we try to take Violet to go see in yeah. theaters because it comes out in November. She can sit through a whole movie now. So now, I mean, I'm going to go. hit on it real quickly, yeah. but that the animation style, mm -hmm. something different. Yeah, it's it's like a kind of reminds me of the uh, Nimona. Nimona, yeah. uh, that new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Into the Spider-Verse, oh, yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's like one of those... 2D but comic booky, yeah, it, which is good. Disney needed to it's get just out of rendered there. Rendered differently, yeah. Disney needs to experiment to stay relevant yep. to me personally. Um, one note to add there: Do you? It really is a question for you. 
so we're following Riley as a teenager now. <clears throat> we're getting new emotions. Do you think we'll get like a you, Disney's in a little precarious spot when it comes to their films right now, tr- yeah. truthfully, across all franchises? Um, do you think we will see a like rainbow themed emotion and she's like, bye? I, I some part of me thinks we're going to get that. I don't. I don't know. But that would be a huge risk, obviously, because you're going to have backlash immediately from a huge subsection. Yeah, I honestly, my thought immediately went to, like, went Big to, Mouth? No, not Big Mouth. Huge God, but more like, um, like hormones. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, that could, pl- that could play into what you were saying, but I could see them more stepping into, like, some of the turning red themes. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it. Like horny? <laughs> yeah. Not seriously. <laughs> be interesting. Uh, as long as they get Adam Sandler to voice it, I'm in. So speaking of Jesse Eisenberg earlier, are you a fan of the Now You See Me one and two films? Because I really enjoyed I, both of those movies. I watched the first one, hadn't seen the second. Second one's just as good. I really oh, wow. enjoyed the second one. Okay. Uh, well, Now You See Me 3 is officially moving forward at Lionsgate. They've been saying this forever, but are now they, it got officially green. How are they going to do that with Michael without Michael Caine? Maybe he'll come out of retirement. <laughs> Uh well, if you've watched the second one, you would understand. One. <laughs> you would understand how they can do it without Michael Caine. Uh, but no, gotcha. this is good news for me. This is one of those uh, really good franchise. I'm glad to see them fit. Hopefully, it doesn't need more than three. I hope they finish it out, round it out, good here. Um, you and when this comes out, you we need to do this in series. Watch all three of them because it's a fun film, uh, fun franchise. Uh, so we talked about the killer earlier, David Fincher. Um, he said there's been talks, and I mentioned this earlier about a social network too. Okay, I am not in on that. I don't want to see it. I, I don't know. I mean, if he does it, I'm sure it's great. But I, well, I don't. Re- I mean, what are we gonna see? The rise of Elon Musk, the fall of Zuckerberg. I mean, I mean, yeah, you could see him. You could see him as. I mean, you could see it. What am I trying to say? You see Facebook turning into Meta, like and Instagram, this and whole Silicon Valley, like, like uh, Goliath, basically. I, I could see it happening. Um, I don't know if it would be enjoyable. Um, I don't know if there would be the separation and distance that we had with social network whenever it was, you know, released to whenever <laughs> that source material took place to now. So, yeah, I don't know. Seems interesting, though. Yeah. I mean, David Fincher sounds a little to do it, then sure. Yeah. It's going to be that great. But Aaron Sorkin, whoever yeah. they wrote. Yeah. 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 Um, so I mean if, if, they, if they get all of them back it's going to be great so I'll watch it but right now just hearing that I'm like eh, I'm not sure sure the other thing I'm not so, eh, not so sure about is Sesame Street is getting a reimagining in season 56 to become narrative driven well, I mean they're probably not doing what Sesame Street they're just doing a like a like a spinoff like no it's a new it's oh, season in, 56 on season 56 yeah it's, they're getting a narrative driven show okay so you're going to have plot now yeah um i i was a sesame street kid over a barney kid so this is like big news for me i don't know how to take this how do you have a narrative driven freaking sesame street i don't know because i don't have kids but i think we see shows like blueies that kind of have similar yeah themes um and i think sesame street can fit that tone and just give it a little little bit of story juice and story juice It'll be fine. Um, another movie coming out uh, that I talked about a few weeks ago is It Follows. Um, they're making a sequel for it, uh, also starring uh, 
from the first one, Makia Monroe, uh, same director as well. It's called They Follow. Uh, this is a great, great choice. I cannot wait to see the sequel to this. This it follows a lot of. There's a lot of reboots and sequels and stuff like that. And it's like, ah, we don't need it. This one definitely. I think that you're getting the same director, writer, and lead actress back. I think this will be this will be a really good one. This is one of those ones like Happy Death Day. It's not like you didn't think you was going to take off and be as good as it is. Um, but there's been years now in between these, and I think uh, there's still a huge demand for it. So I think it's about time. So I'm excited. Are you have any desire to watch it? Follows. No, you, I think you'd be all right with that no. one. Um, have you seen the first look at Snow White? No. Okay. So remember there was all this controversy about all the dwarves being like, yes, gay and woke and big and all this kind of I stuff. I don't remember that exactly, but I oh, remember yeah. that. Apparently, like, Snow White's gone woke. Yeah. All the freaking dwarves are like adult men and they're gay and stuff. Like, oh, wow. Who knew? I don't know. Don't. I mean, I don't care. I'm not overly happy about this film regardless, but they uh, they definitely changed that. Because uh, there was some truth to it, uh, but now they've reimagined it, and all the doors are CGI, and it looks better, but it also looks kind of jarring. Uh, but we got our first look at Rachel Zegler and Gal Gadot as the Eagle Queen. Uh, they both look great. The film looks unsure. I'm unsure about the film, so I'm not a. I mean, Snow White's not my favorite Disney franchise anyway, so. I'm not the right person to ask, but I think it just looks okay for now. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad we went with the traditional seven doors regardless because it's a classic leave it <laughs> Agreed. Um, winding down here, uh, studios are in a bidding war for Britney Spears' uh, The Woman and Me memoir, and they want to turn it into a TV series or documentary. Um, she's been through a lot. Uh, the Justin Timberlake news is taking the world by storm right now anyway. Um, I knew it was inevitable for us to get a Britney Spears something. Uh, I hope it's not a... Actually, I think maybe I do hope it's a movie. I think we may be getting miniseries out for stuff like this. But um, what are your thoughts on exploiting the stuff going on with Britney Spears? I mean, she released her memoir, so she knew it was going to happen eventually, and she's going to sign up for it because it's money. But Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm honestly very indifferent on the Britney Spears stuff. I'm, yeah. I'll be interested to know how it affects, like you said, like just Timberlakes and all those people outside of that spear how it influences it if justin timberlake's a man he'll play himself in the movie <laughs> you really abusing abusing <laughs> britney's first <laughs> just go ahead and pull the band-aid That's, off and, let, and just re, listen, redo it yeah. and it'll be they'll cast jamie lynn spears to yeah to play young britney um you know what was almost the best film that we never got to see and it's not the jamie spears movie, or uh britney spears movie it's guillermo del toro's job of the hut film that got canceled wow and he called it this is his words scarface of the star wars universe I would have loved that. A Guillermo yeah. del Toro Scarface Job of the Hut. Oh my gosh. That would have been incredible. Would've You're been not an overly big Star Wars guy, but I feel like you would have ate that up. Yeah, definitely. Because um, you've now seen him and you know yeah. kind of what Jabba and who he is. And yeah, I feel like del Toro is the, he's been attached to two different Star Wars projects. Both got canceled. I feel like he's, when I think of a director who could direct a sci-fi, like a Star Wars movie, del Toro comes to like Especially with the character like, based around a character like a job of the hut yeah del toro's like, like would, perfect yeah he would get it yeah i also think he thematically could definitely dive into some scarface like uh mm -hmm. storytelling um with that still creature feature yeah element i hope they do give guillermo del toro a star wars bit eventually <sighs> i doubt it well he's had to they passed on him like how do you yeah. pass on del toro twice <laughs> whatever um you watch Barbarian. You like Barbarian. Yeah, uh, well, we're getting a video game based on Barbarian. 
I will play this if it's well done. You? <laughs> no. No, but you're out. Okay. Uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is coming to Xbox in November, so good for you. Good for me. Um, Scorsese has Letterboxd. Yeah, he does. Took, took less than t- uh, 48 hours to become the highest, or 36 hours to be the highest followed account on Letterboxd by like a landslide. Because uh, all of us film people, that's neat. We want to see what he's doing. Dawson already watched all the movies he recommended. So he was on it. Did you follow him? Yeah, I did. You follow Absolutely. Him um, last couple of news stories here. The day the earth blew up a Looney Tunes movie. It'll be the first ever fully animated Looney Tunes feature length uh, created for a movie theater audience. That blew my mind because I thought we'd already had Looney Tunes movies, but they were live action combos like Brendan Fraser or Space Jam or uh, Dan Aykroyd. There's all those ones that had the live action elements. This yeah. is the first fully animated Looney Tunes film. Um, I grew up on Looney Tunes. I cut my teeth on Looney Tunes and Tiny Tunes. So, um, as long as it's not the weird new animation that they kind of do, if it's kind of retro, I'll be I'll be all in on this. You a Looney Tunes guy? Uh, yeah, it was for the most part. You have any desire to see a Looney Tunes movie? No, you negative. passed that now. Mm-mm. Pass that. Mm. Bummer. Uh, last couple things here. A study claims that forty eight percent of Gen Z feel that sex and sexual content is not needed for the plot of most TV and movies. Fifty one point five percent reportedly wanted to see more content focused on friendships and platonic relationships. <laughs> gay listen it's stupid there are you know why we got a bunch of freaking <laughs> insult losers out there who's never left their freaking house they just masturbate in their basement and don't know how to talk to a woman so they feel insecure when they see sex happen on tv and romance because they don't know how to talk to a girl that's what it is and girls don't know how to talk to guys because they come off rapey because they suck i so they don't understand what love is so they don't want to see it <laughs> i think a lot of this uh it's is spurned on like by the tone and attitude that is is being demonstrated yeah it's very aggressive um whereas gen z is probably more just desensitized to it and would just prefer to have something else because a lot of times like you watch something in the 80s like they just throw a sex scene in there. And there's bushes. They just throw it in there because... Oh, oh my gosh. Hang on. Before you move uh, on from that, you said that. talk about somebody's bush. Yeah. Uh, in Alien. Yes. Uh, Singori Weaver refused to pull up her panties. We talked about it when we talked about it. When we uh-huh. talked about Alien. Yeah. And they had to... She had such a huge bush and pubic region that mm-hmm. they had to airbrush it down. And Ridley Scott was like, please shave it if you're going to have that. She wouldn't do it. So they had to airbrush and post all the pubes out. Oh, wow. Yep. Found that out the other Impressive. night. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think for the most part, because I saw this for claims of like uh, it was brought on because of Boulder's Gate three. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> there because there, there's a there's a lot of lot of, lot happened in that one. Um, but um, but yeah, I was talking about the eighties though. Um, they would just just sprinkle like sex scenes in there for no reason. No characters yeah. have any like actual chemistry or whatever. It's just sex because this is just an ingredient. Mm-hmm. war movie at this point in time yeah and a lot of that stuff just hasn't died butts, out butts and seats and wieners in the air yeah um i i do think it there are points where it is like it is not necessary but it like definitely game of thrones like some of those game of thrones scenes are like plot drivers yeah now could you have done something different yeah sure Absolutely. you could always do something different but yeah. that's any part of a movie but i think there are there are times it's you know 
important, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, I think we got a bunch of fragile people in the world. Whatever. Oh my uh, gosh. Last two. Literally, I keep saying last couple, last couple. Well, now we're at the last two. Jean-Claude Van Damme says he was, uh, he wanted to star in the Fast and, he was wanted to star in the Fast and Furious franchise, but Vin Diesel said, no, I don't want him. Vin Diesel thinks he's something special. He does. Um, Jean-Claude Van Damme would be actually pretty good. I agree. In this story. Um, just knowing what it is now. Mm-hmm. It would have been great. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Vin Diesel just, I mean, I love him as Groot. And I love him in like Babylon AD and like Riddick and some other like random stuff like that. But as a whole, he's on my nerves, man. The older he gets, the grouchier he gets, the more like entrenched he gets. His, his, he's kind of on my nerves. But yeah, um, whatever. Last news story. Blackberry, which is, uh, if you go dive back a lot of episodes back, I watched Blackberry. It's pretty high on Blackberry. I gave it four stars. I thought it was a very good film. Mm. Uh, but since people can't sit through movies anymore, it is getting broken into a three-part limited series on AMC. Uh, so they're literally taking the film that is only like a little over two hours long and making it into a three-part limited series on AMC. I'm all for it. Watch the damn movie. No, I mean, it's it's a different way to market it. You're you know, still going to get the get views. It. I get it. Um, I think it'd be fine. It's AFC, man. It's like, that's like what they cut their teeth on. Yeah, I guess I just, uh, don't understand how you're making a under three, like a, an under three hour film, a three part miniseries. I mean, most movies are broken up into three acts and it just makes total sense to if no, do it three parts and just it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, you know what else is fun? This podcast. We made it. This is a this long is, episode. It was a long one. Why was it so long? I don't know why it was so long, but I mean, I, I had a lot to say. That, I had a lot to say this week. And last week, I got so, so freaking tired. I'm, I'm there already. And I, and I got the hiccups, and it's really bad. It's got like it a flame. Sure it sounds amazing. I got a flame oh in my, my chest. God. I hate it. It hurts. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to go get like a bottle of water or something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so it's a bit of oh, <laughs> another episode of Mostly Film. I almost said focused. Uh, <laughs> one stop Catholic shop. Oh my gosh. All things. It's like of something si- is coming out of you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, one stop Catholic shop for all things in the world of cinema. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan. I'm a quarter join my beautiful co-host, JP Payton. <laughs> See ya. Uh, no, 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 no. We'll be back Thursday. Oh yeah. We talk about, it's our final spooky <laughs> season episode and we're going to be breaking down hereditary American psycho and Halloween in that, in that order. Uh, oh my gosh. God. And then uh, we'll be kind of talking about which movies we watched stood out to us the most and kind of what to us made, made the, uh, I'm not getting lightheaded because they're coming quicker. <laughs> like I'll pass out. <laughs> that's bad um, we're going to talk about kind of like what makes this what made the better ones better why they stood out and oh my oh gosh my God. I'm seriously going to pass out like I see stars uh, but anyway that'll be Thursday and then we'll take a break and we'll be back with you with, I don't know we'll talk about it on Thursday I gotta go get some water or I'm going to pass out so uh, we'll oh. see you. oh my gosh we'll see you on Thursday <laughs> we'll see you guys. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>